good? Man, that was special. That was very special. Let me just uh, lay out a couple of things to you where we're going over the next couple of minutes. First of all, um, God has given, as we study the New Testament, we know that he's given two incredible gifts to the church, to uh, um, ordinances or sacraments or whatever terminology you want to use. One is baptism. Baptism is for those people that have made a decision a commitment of their life by faith to follow after Jesus Christ. And one of the steps of believing there, steps of obedience, is in the area of baptism. And so we always think it's important that uh, we provide that opportunity. And and so let me say this, because I'm really praying for God to do some incredible things this morning. And I hope that you'll join me in that. If you're here and the Holy Spirit of God is already prompting your heart about that's a step of obedience you need to take, We'll do everything we can to make it work. And so you just let us know. Uh, you can let one of the pastors know, one of the elders uh, know, or just go grab one of these ushers that handed you a bulletin and, and say, hey, I, I know I need to do that. They'll, they'll definitely let us know so we can talk to you and about following up in that area. So that, that's very important. The other thing is, is that when we do the Lord's Supper together like this, um, on that particular Sunday, we take up another offering. And the offering is for benevolence only. It's not for uh, the air conditioner, but aren't you glad for the air conditioner? Praise God for the air conditioner. Um, but we do a benevolence offering at the end. And so uh, when you leave, uh, there will be Kelly or somebody will have a basket there in the back and you can just go. And, and uh, I suggest reaching into the purse of the person you don't know, get their wallet, give like you've always wanted to give, but were unable to. And and do that. But if you and if you write a check uh, central and just write benevolence down in the memo, all of that 100 percent goes towards. And there's a lot of local need. We support a lot of local uh, um, benevolent opportunities. But this is we get calls all the time. And so we never want to tell somebody, oh, we don't have funding for that right now. So uh, we'd love for you just a reminder at the end. That's what's going to be happening. So uh, just let you know about that. I'm excited. Uh, Sundays start early for me, very early to get prepped for um, for what's happening on Sunday. I get I get excited. And this morning when I got into God's word, um, there was just some things that God started energizing with inside of me. And one of them was this, you know, nobody knows what a week holds. Uh, you know, our, my, it just seems like for Pam and I over the last month there's been I, I we were describing it this week we had a chance to get away a little bit but you know um, a situation about dealing with my mom and I'll speak more about that in just a second but you know everybody in this room there's there's those roller coasters sometimes it's like you're heading to the mountaintop and there are other times one phone call one email one anything then all of a sudden you're just plunged and and somebody say oh I'm not so spiritual and no that's not it man this is this is what we call life okay and so, um, and so I, I was thinking about that this morning even about life. And I thought, you know, I can't wait to get with my, with my spiritual family, to get with my church family, because I know you're imperfect like me, except for Jesus. You're going through ups and downs just like we are. And there's nothing that helps me more than to be able to get with people that I can take my mask off and just be real with. 
And so I hope and pray that that's the way it is with you. And somebody probably is thinking, well, I'm a little depressed by what you just said, Mark. I, you get over it, man. I mean, we have a, we have a God who loves us incredibly. And I, I want us to, to be able to focus on him today and, and through his love to focus on one another. And I just believe God has great things in store. And part of that, I was reading in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, and I want to get to that in just a minute, because I believe God has something really incredible that he wants to do uh, today. I, I really believe, and I'm trusting him for that. And you remember, uh, if you've been watching TV before, just kind of you're watching your favorite TV show, and all of a sudden this comes on the screen, it says, we interrupt your regularly scheduled programming to give you this important message. Now, whatever it may be, they, they've interrupted, but that's the way it is. We interrupt your regularly scheduled programming to give you this important message. This is my prayer for today. I pray that God would interrupt our regularly scheduled programming to do the impossible right here among us today. I really believe he wants to. And I know we come to church, it's routine, we get dressed up, we go do the regular thing. Oh, we're doing the Lord's Supper. Oh, they were baptizing today. But do you come with an expectation that the king of the universe wants to meet with you today? And that his love is ever-present and that he wants to do a great work inside of you? In 1 Corinthians chapter 14, there, just kind of give you a little bit of thought on what's going on here. And then I want to read one verse to you out of it. But to give you background. Most of you have heard of 1 Corinthians 13. 1 Corinthians 13 is what we call the love chapter in the scriptures. And it talks about that love is the greatest gift that exists. And you've heard it read at weddings and, and different things. That the love is incredible. That love is the greatest thing. And, and everything else can fall away if there's a lot of love involved in it. Because God is love and we see that. And that's 1 Corinthians 13. 1 Corinthians 14, though, starts talking about... The problem they were having in the church between what was called speaking in tongues or an ecstatic utterance or an unknown language um, that somebody would need to interpret that not everybody knows versus uh, what's called a prophetic word. OK, and let me just I, 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 I just want to teach you here just a little bit. OK, and the problem was, is that they were having problem and discord in their worship service in, in what was taking place. And, and Paul's telling them this is if everybody speaks in an unknown language or an ecstatic utterance, it builds themselves up, but nobody else knows what's going on. It says if everybody came in or an unbeliever came in and sees everybody speaking in something they don't understand, they're going to think you're crazy. But there's something called prophetic words, and prophetic words, it says, are this. They're for building up, they're for edification and encouragement. And isn't that good? They're for building up edification and encouragement. They're not there to tear you down. They're not there to confusion. They're clear words that you're going to understand. And in those clear words that God gives you of building up and encouragement and edification, something's going to happen because God is present. And it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, let me just read this, this, uh, this verse to you. It says, it says, uh, it's talking about these unbelievers showing up in your service, and this is what's, what's happening. It says, as they listen, their secret thoughts will be exposed, and they will fall to their knees and worship God, declaring, God is truly here among you. Let me read it one more time. As they listen, they're listening to these words. They're listening to encouragement, edification, building up. As they listen... 
Their secret thoughts will be exposed and they will fall to their knees and worship God, declaring God is truly here among you. That's my prayer. I, I Listen, my prayer above all else, God, we want to see you. I, I, this is God. Would you just interrupt our regularly scheduled programming so that people see that you are present? And it may mean people falling on their knees. It may mean people just crying out to God. It may be people just giving a hallelujah unto God. But but the deal is, is God, can we see that you are present? You know, God sometimes gives you those divine um, opportunities. I had one yesterday. Uh, Pam and I went to Waco again to check on mom and and uh, thank you for praying for mom and asking about mom. There's there's a possibility she's going to get to go back into her uh, assisted living, which is really good. But it's not been good. It's, it's been a struggle for her. And many of you have walked through that. But but uh, yesterday going, um, I asked, is it OK if I take mom over to her apartment? Because it's all connected together. If I take her over to the apartment and she go over there and they said, oh, why don't you take her over there to eat? And so she can see some people. I thought, man, that's that's a good idea. And so I took her over there to eat, and we went into the little cafeteria area where where they're at, and we we sat down. And there were two ladies who work there. They are the the food people. They serve everybody else the food. Probably make barely over minimum wage. Um, Probably are, are struggling just to get by. And they come out there when mom is seated and both of them just hugged her incredibly. And one of them just hugged her for, I'm, I'm not kidding you, it seemed like about five minutes just hugging mom to where mom has got tears coming down her eyes. Now here's another thing. My mom grew up in an era where there was a lot of ethnic bigotry. Um, that there was a lot of things that she grew up with and, and I know uh, even that that were wrong. And uh, here this this young lady of a different ethnicity, African-American, is hugging on my mom and she's just there hugging on her for about five minutes. And I've got this incredible lump in my throat and I'm thinking, I am seeing Jesus right here. And and uh, did she even know Christ? I don't know. But I'm telling you, she was displaying the love of Christ to my mom. And I'm just thinking, God, can we live that way so that we are displaying the love of Jesus in all that we do? You see, we come to the Lord's table and we come to remember. We come to remember what Christ has done. We, um, we remember what he did for us. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, which I'll read more of in just a moment, Jesus said this to his disciples. He said, this is the new covenant. In my blood. Now, covenants aren't something we talk about. The only covenant we really talk about in our particular culture in our day is the marriage covenant, right? And in a marriage covenant, there's always two sides to any covenant. And there's two sides to the covenant that God has made with us through Jesus Christ. But in a marriage covenant, if, if you have a marriage covenant and you have a, a, a young man and a young woman, they're standing up there before a pastor, before a congregation... And they are making this covenant together. If one of them says, I give myself to you, and they are making this covenant, and the other one says, I I don't think so, there's been no covenant. 
There, what there's been is there's been one person willing to give it all and the other one, uh, I don't think so. So there is no covenant that's been made. In the Bible, there were several covenants. There was a covenant that God made with Adam at the very beginning. And we know that that covenant got broke, not by God, but by Adam. There was a covenant that was made with Noah. You remember after the ark and God made a covenant. And part of that covenant was I'm going to put a, a rainbow in the sky. And uh, with that rainbow, uh, there will be uh, there. There will never I will never flood the whole earth again. But yet we know that Noah's lineage broke that covenant. God did not break that covenant. There was a covenant made with Abraham. And when God told Abraham, listen, I'm going to make you the father of great many nations. You will be the father of faith, basically, is the way that is. And I'm going to give you a child old in age. And I'm going to keep, as long as they're faithful to me, I am going to be their God and be faithful. We know that that covenant got broke, not by God, but by man. And then David came along, King David, and God made a covenant with King David. And he said this, he said, as long as you are a king, as long as your lineage exists, I will have one of your lineage that will be the king. Well, we know that eventually, once again, not, not, not God, but man broke that. Now, God was faithful to that and that Jesus came from the line of, uh, line of Judah in that lineage from David. And so all of these covenants were made, but all of them were broken. But all of them were fulfilled through Jesus. And in the New Testament, when he says that we come, just like we're going to do in just a moment, he says, I, this is the new covenant, which is in my blood. Now, here's where I want, I want you to hear me. We always come to the Lord's table and we remember what Jesus has done. We remember what he did at the cross. We remember all of the things that he did for us. He was faithful. He, he said, I will give you eternal life. I will restore you and redeem you and make you right with the Father. See, so many of us are confused thinking that Christianity is all about just getting us into heaven when it's getting heaven into us. And so that's what God is doing. That's part of his side of the covenant. But do we ever think about coming to this day on what I need to do to restore my part of the covenant? Just like a husband and wife, if one of them says, I offer all this to you, I give myself fully to you, and the other one rejects it by either word or deed, there's no covenant. I think the challenge for us today is to come before the Lord, remember His side of the covenant, but to renew our vows for our side of the covenant. Well, what is that? is to come and give yourself to Him. He has given His all for you. A covenant is to come back, Lord, all I have is Yours. It seems like penance. It seems like worthless stuff compared to all that He's given to us, but that's what He asked. And so here's my challenge to us today. My challenge is for us to come and renew our vows. See, that's why I believe God wants to do a great amount of work. I think there's too many followers of Jesus that are wanting to live so much like the world instead of embracing who He is and all that He has given us and to find our identity in Him. How many people, how many marriages are falling apart right now because we're trying to find our identity in one another instead of in Christ alone? How many families how many businessmen, how many, how many, um, how many 
school teachers, how many, whatever. They're trying to find their worth in something other than Christ and they're walking in a miserable kind of way. I'm talking about Christ followers. How many young men and young women are battling this gender issue today because they're trying to find their identity in something other than the one who created them? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. He didn't say anyone comes to heaven but through me. He said comes to the Father. That means there's a relationship. That's why I'm able to express to Aubrey in the water, your Heavenly Father is pleased. And some of you today need to hear that your Heavenly Father loves you. He loves you. But it's not always easy, is it, when it comes to dealing with some stuff in your life. It's not easy. My wife, I love with everything that's in me, sometimes gets me into things that I just don't know. Any of you guys identify? She she has said before, man, your eyebrows are so bushy. We need to do something about those eyebrows. And so every time we'd walk by one of those threading things at the mall, she said, you need to do that. You need to do And so we, we were away a few days this past week. We were away. Oh, did you put something up there? Um, th- that we, we were in the mall. We were in Corpus for a couple of days. Just, we just needed to process and get away. And so we were in the mall one day, and, and, and she said, you need to do that. You need to do that. Well, we had a little downtime, and, and it was right next to the massage table thing. So I'm thinking, man, it's got to be all right. It's by the massage tables. They're, those people are so relaxed and just want to be there forever. So I thought, what the heck? Because, you know, when you get your hair cut, they just kind of cut them off and this kind of stuff. Uh, for us that have them. And, uh, but, uh, so I thought, well, what the heck, I'll, I'll do anyway. So I sit in that chair and she says, lean your head back. So I kind of lean my head back. I'm thinking, I'm relaxed, thinking something good's about to happen. And then this lady's over me with this thread and, whoa, man, she, you know what I'm talking about? It yanked all my, I, and I'm thinking, oh Lord. And she, she wasn't finished and she keeps going. And all I could think about, this is literally what I could think about. It reminded me of when I had both my knees replaced and I'd just gone through, I'd gone through the therapy on one of them and I was thinking, oh, they got to do the other one. And, and that's what I'm thinking. She's got to do the other eyebrow. I don't know if I want that right now, but she, then she moves the other side. Yeah. And Pam said, it only took a couple of minutes to do the whole thing. I'm thinking, oh, man, it seemed like an hour. You know, literally, I'm not kidding. Literally, I said, honey, am I bleeding? I I feel like I'm bleeding here. I thought it was going to be a pleasant experience. But to get to where I needed to get, it wasn't a pleasant experience. Here's the spiritual point of that, if I can make one. You know... Dealing with stuff in our life is not pleasant. Some of the choices we make, the consequences of those choices, just are not pleasant. But you know, when I read the Word of God, 
I read about a broken, a broken and contrite heart he will not despise. You know, I come and pray over us today. God, would you break our hearts really over the things that break your heart? And let us renew our vows of holiness and purity with you and just a close relationship with you. Is it easy? Gosh, I don't think repentance is ever easy. Is it needed? You bet it's needed. I want to ask our worship team to come up. And and what we're going to do is this over the next couple of minutes. I kind of ended last week with a little bit of a rant on that I'm a fan of the altar. I really am. I think that sometimes we need to move to respond. Uh, When the Lord says you need to do something about something, you need to respond. And I know you're thinking, well, I can go home and deal with it, or I can deal with it right where I'm at. And I have no problem with that. I have just known in my life that there's something about coming to an altar that's just saying, God, I become that living sacrifice. I, I give it to you. I know I've clung to some things too tightly. I know I've found my identity in my work or in my spouse or in whatever. God, I need to return to you alone. And maybe, maybe just some of you today are saying, Mark, that's me. I, I need a d- demonstrative way of just saying, God, I do it. And so these steps become an altar. Before, and we're going to do this before we take the Lord's Supper. And uh, but maybe maybe some of you here and you're you're thinking, uh, Mark, I just need somebody else to pray with me. You probably know another Christ follower right here. Let's you don't have to wait for an elder or somebody here. You you go you go grab them by the hand. Say, man, I just need prayer right now. Listen, I was candid enough to say that I'm living on a roller coaster right now. You know, you got to admit it too. Get the mask off. That person that came in here thinking everybody in church has it all together. Oh, you've been lied to from hell itself. We have it together because we have a perfect Savior who loves us immensely and who has forgiven us and redeemed us and restored us completely. But we still have to walk out this planet. And sometimes it hurts. You with me? And we need others. So why don't you stand with me? And I'm just going to pray. And I'm going to let the Holy Spirit have his way. But I'm going to ask you, you fulfill your side of the covenant. God has done his. Lord, for the next few moments, I just pray that this is a holy place. I pray, Lord, that you would bring an interruption to our regularly scheduled programming because you have an important message. Speak to us now, Lord, we pray. You respond as God's leading you right now.